From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. And welcome back to the CQ Budget Podcast. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And the two parties are ramping up pressure this week over a deal to raise the debt limit. Uh, There is pressure growing for Republicans to produce a budget, but that is being slow walked. So we want to talk about where debt limit negotiations stand now, the overriding fiscal agenda for the year, where things stand on getting a budget resolution done, if it can be done. And joining me to do that, I have Lindsay McPherson, who covers leadership and the politics of appropriations on Capitol Hill for CQ Roll Call. Thanks again for being here, Lindsay. Happy to be here. And Paul Krozak, our senior budget writer at CQ Roll Call. Thanks again, Paul. And thanks for inviting me, David. So we did see this exchange of letters this week, uh, which were which were very prominent, publicly released, seemed mostly to be about for public relations purposes, between the the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy uh, making a public plea for President Biden to meet with him again to to discuss the debt limit, saying you know we have to do this immediately. It's too important. The economy is at risk, and and Biden within hours pushing back with his own letter, uh, completely rejecting it, saying. You know, essentially, a meeting isn't going to do any good until Republicans produce a budget. They're still in this big standoff. And we ended the week with McCarthy saying, if the president won't talk, we Republicans might go our own way on a debt limit bill. Lindsay, you covered that. It seems like they're trying to ramp the pressure up. Right. The Last time McCarthy and Biden met was in February. Um, the president, according to McCarthy, had you know told him that he'd call him shortly after to schedule another meeting. That call never took place. They had a quick like chat over the Friends of Ireland lunch in the Capitol about the debt limit. And, uh, McCarthy told me he's wasting time, not scheduling a meeting. So McCarthy's been really frustrated that another negotiating session hasn't taken place. Not that they truly negotiated on the debt limit in the first one because Biden's position is they're not negotiating, but he is, uh, you know, it's been like basically two months. He's trying to ramp up the pressure, um, like you said, and what he wants a deal or he wants, a, you know, to negotiate a deal. I think the big question a lot of us have is like, okay, great. That makes sense. You want Democrats and Republicans to reach a bipartisan deal because it'll take that to get through the Senate. But at the same time, you do have the ability to bring something to the House floor. So that big question was answered um, on Thursday when McCarthy said that, yes, if Biden does not ultimately start negotiating with him soon, that Republicans will. They're very close, he said, to coming to a a conference agreement around a bill uh, on the debt limit that would reflect some... uh, spending reduction and economic growth ideas he put in his letter um, and that they could bring that to the floor. He did not give a timeline. Um, uh, as we know, the House and Senate just left for a two-week recess, so it would certainly probably not be until like May or so that we would see something on the floor, but they are at least preparing to to do something a little more concrete, in which case, like to Democrats' point, they've been saying, show us your plan, show us your plan. They often talk about a budget, but if 
Republicans put a bill on the floor, I think that should, in theory, suffice as a plan, because that would be literally more relevant to raising the debt limit than a budget resolution would be. Yeah. So this is part of their push to get spending cuts and some other fiscal changes through as part of a debt limit increase. Republicans are insisting on that, that they won't do a clean debt limit increase, they say, as Democrats want. And so if if McCarthy does put a bill on the floor with that, boy, it'd be fascinating to see what, what they would put on the floor that they know won't become law anyway and force a lot of moderate Republicans to take a vote with huge spending cuts, presumably, in this thing. I mean, it raised the question in my mind whether they could even pass that in the House. You know, they have this bare majority, <laughs> Republicans, of like four seats to spare, four votes to spare to get something passed. You can expect united Democratic opposition to that kind of a bill. It would, it seems to me, it would be a huge gamble either way. I mean, if they, if, if, if they put a bill on the floor, they have to be sure they have the votes to pass it, right? I mean, that would be tricky. Correct. I mean, that's why McCarthy said they're close to an agreement. They haven't quite, ha- don't have the full conference around these ideas yet. Like, well, basically, so in the letter to, to go back a little bit, because this will explain the situation, they McCarthy outlined what he said was not a non-exhaustive list, but it was basically four broad areas where Republicans um, agree on things and could negotiate with Biden. That includes cutting non-defense discretionary spending, um, to he said pre-inflationary levels. We're assuming that's the fiscal 22 level that everyone's been talking about. Um, rescinding some unspent COVID aid, strengthening work requirements um, for welfare programs. And then he mentioned some other legislation that could be attached as well, like their energy policy overhaul. They just passed HR1 yesterday that actually only had one Republican voted against it out of all 20, 222. So um, they had, you know, they did show they can have the votes on the energy policy, for example, and then that he mentioned border security as well. So, you know, when you look at those things, I think the most controversial is cutting the discretionary spending to fiscal 22 levels. I'm not 100% sure that everyone's going to be on board with those cuts. But when you think about it in the sense of like just capping it at that level, that's not as controversial to say, okay, well, fine, we'll spend, you know, 1.5 trillion is the top line for fiscal 22, roughly, and it might be a little under that. But is it that hard of a vote for in broad concept for these moderates to say, let's cap spending there? I think the, the more controversy comes when they have to put that in appropriation bills versus just specifying that number. So they could potentially get enough votes for that. Um, let's walk through the second one. They want to. Uns- well, but let me stop you right there, Lindsay, because I mean, you know, I, 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 to make the budget math work, I, they're talking about cutting non-defense programs by over twenty percent next year to make those numbers work. If they're if they're really going to protect defense, if you're a moderate Republican in a swing district, I could see that being a tough vote because that would surely be used against you in the campaign, saying you know you're you're for for whacking a quarter of the funding out of whatever programs. Um, but if all they're attaching to a debt limit is, for example, a cap on the overall discretionary spending top line, $1.5 trillion, I don't think that's that controversial for moderates because that, that doesn't specify where the cuts come from. That's my opinion. I mean, you're, you're welcome to disagree, but I don't think that that is that hard for them to get the votes on. 
Okay. In other words, it wouldn't specify in this right. in this debt limit bill. I think it's harder to get the votes once they have to put those cuts into the appropriation bills. That's going to be immensely hard. But to just set the number, I don't think that that's hard, that hard of a vote. Okay. That's so, my opinion. Again, I don't yeah, know. I understand. That's, yeah. that's fair. Um, Similarly to like, I wanted to just quickly go through the other ones. At, yeah. Rescinding COVID aid. That's not that controversial. Republicans have been trying to do that for a long time. The right. work requirements, they have broad support for that. I don't think that will be too hard. I mean, that might that one could run, depending how many programs they try to put work requirements on, could run into a couple moderate issues. You know, Medicaid, you know, some that are more, could be more politically toxic. But and potentially they could get the votes there too. Like we mentioned, they had the votes for energy policy. Certainly on some aspects of border security, they'd have the votes. So I don't actually think this is as impossible as like we think it is. It's definitely... The problem becomes, I think, less about the specific things they're talking about than like what is enough. Like because at the end of the day, if you have to attach this to a bill that raises the debt limit, there are certain swaths of Republicans who just hate period voting to raise the debt limit. So at what point, like how many of those things do you have to add and to get them to say, okay, this is palatable enough that I will vote yes for raising the debt limit? That's where. So I actually think the problem might be more with conservatives who don't want to raise the debt limit and will they have enough in the bill for them to vote yes to raise the debt limit. That's why it's a tricky, yeah, it's a tricky balancing act. Yeah. Uh, And you do have some hardcore conservatives who, who never want to raise the debt limit. Right. I mean, so that, Right. Exactly. There could be be some, there could be some who are just flat out opposed to this anyway, no matter what you offer them. And you've only got, and you've only got four votes to spare. For example, Andy Biggs, I, you know, he had kind of broadcast early in January with a tweet that he didn't want to raise the debt ceiling at all. And so I asked him again the other day, like, so are you like definitely not open to raising the debt ceiling? Because he put out basically at a press conference and then put out a bill this week where like he I, he actually identified tons of cuts that the Republicans could look at. Um, and he said basically it would have to be very remarkable you know, in terms of the spending cuts for him to be willing to vote. Yes. He's not like a ruling anything out, but it has to be significant. So that's why I'm saying it's going to be harder to meet the conservatives who, who would re- need very deep spending cuts in order considering raising the debt limit. Then it might be to the moderates don't need that much. I don't think. Which is why too, I think that McCarthy floated this number this week saying he was prepared to offer $4 trillion in savings over uh, a decade, uh, which is a nice big round number that conservatives can seize on uh, to make it sound as though they're doing major cutting, right? And then Democrats quickly dismiss that, saying that's just this vague amorphous number, I think is how Chuck Schumer, the Democratic Senate leader, put it. You know, where are the details, of course, and, and, and they don't think the cuts would add up to that or really be real or, or passable. Um, so that didn't go anywhere either, but that's so I think the three, three trillion to $4 trillion range is the target here. We're seeing for what they want to save over a decade uh, that they would, that enough, they think enough Republicans would be on board, I think for raising the debt limit. That seems to be McCarthy's approach at this point, which Paul does bring up, you know, if, 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 if Republicans still want to get a budget done, the House Budget Committee did have a hearing this past week where the chairman, Jody Arrington, uh, the Texas Republican, 
sad, you know, that that a budget is going to be forthcoming, but he wouldn't put a timeline on it, and it's clearly going to be late. The statutory deadline for Congress passing a budget resolution is April 15. That's not going to happen now. We know that. They're in recess now for two weeks. Arrington wouldn't say when the budget will come out, but he said it's going to come out. And he did say that they would have at least $3 trillion worth of savings over 10 years, which gets close to McCarthy's $4 trillion. It's somewhere. It's it's going to be somewhere in that ballpark. The question there, Paul, is, is that even passable? Well, that's a good question. And I, uh, I, I will get to that. But I, I did want to add something to your and Lindsay's discussion about McCarthy talking about putting forth a uh, a debt limit bill with, you know, the possibly with these various components. And I think there's another possibility here. And, you know, one point he has made is that the White House has not requested any specific number for a debt limit increase. So I think, I mean, House Republicans perhaps could pass a bill similar to what McCarthy is talking about. And it would not be a formal debt limit increase, but it would be a bill saying, these are things that we you know, want to do um, as part of a debt limit increase. So you could have Republicans voting for that without voting for an actual debt limit increase. And again, the president hasn't even requested a specific number for a debt limit increase yet. So I think that's a possibility. It would be easier to get Republican votes for these conditions without actually saying you're voting to raise the debt limit. I agree. It's a possibility because, frankly, what they really need to prove to Democrats is that they would have the votes to pass some of these conditions. Um, so I think, yeah, they certainly could separate the debt limit part piece of it and just say, here's what we want. And we can also attach a debt limit suspension or whatever at the end of the day. But this, you know, to demonstrate the votes are there, they could just pass it without the debt limit. We'll see. But going back to your question, David, about the budget resolution, so, you know, a little bit of context here. So there, there, there's really little to no chance that the Senate is going to do a budget resolution. So, you know, House Budget Chairman Jody Arrington wants to do a budget resolution. Um, but there are, first of all, there's a set of reasons why they would not want to do it before they deal with the debt limit. And then even after that, there's a set of reasons why they may not want to do it even after the debt limit. Um, and so looking, you know, before the debt limit, um, the first of all, it's going to be perhaps impossible to write a budget resolution that actually balances in 10 years that can get the support of all Republicans with their narrow majority. I think it's clear by now that that's gone by the wayside, right? They're not going to even try to balance the budget in 10 years. If McCarthy's talking about 3 to $4 trillion of savings, we know that's not enough to balance the budget, right? Right. Yeah. So, so fair point. I, I mean, th- there is a good policy reason for doing a budget resolution. It sets forth your, your fiscal vision for usually the next 10 years. Um, and, and it also gives you the, the limits on discretionary spending, but you can do the limits on discretionary spending with the deeming resolution. You don't need a budget resolution. If you do a budget resolution that really provides a target for Democrats, um, to, to attack you 
every day. Um, and it sort of muddles whatever your debt limit message is. Um, if, if Republicans just focus on the debt limit, they, they leave out the attacks on the budget resolution. But they say they still want a budget resolution, and they're, and they're determined to, well, at least the budget committee is determined to put one out. Well, yes, um, that, that is true. But it's also probably true that they don't have the votes for a budget resolution. There are, there are moderate Republicans from districts in New York and California, for example, who it would be very hard for them to vote for the kind of budget resolution that hardline conservatives in the House want. So they probably don't have the votes for it. And if, if you don't have the votes for it, why would you write it up and try to pass it through committee and give Democrats that target if you know you're not going to be able to pass it through the House? So you think the Budget Committee may not do a budget resolution, Paul, or ever bring it up? Well, I, I think they want to do a budget resolution, but I mean, ultimately, this is going to be a leadership decision. Um, I mean, they're not going to do a budget resolution if leadership says, you know, this is a bad idea for us. They're also looking toward 2024, the election. Um, and, you know, budget resolution would be ammunition for Democrats to use in the election campaigns. Um, and, you know, if Senate Democrats are not going to do a budget resolution, um, I mean, why, why should House Republicans, you know, put themselves on the spot if Senate Democrats are not going to do the same thing? Now, Senate Democrats will say, well, you know, the president introduced his budget and, you know, we agree with a lot of things in the, in the president's budget, so we don't need to do a budget resolution. But, I mean, that's... That's not the same thing. I mean, the S Senate Democrats actually adopting a budget resolution is is putting themselves on record as supporting this and this and this and this. With the president's budget, they can say, well, you know, we generally agree with it, but we don't necessarily agree with everything. Yeah, I, I do generally agree with Paul, but I want to make a few counterpoints. Um, one that Schumer this week did specifically refer to the president's plan as their plan. When he's saying Republicans need to show us their plan, we have a plan. He was talking about the president's budget. Um, and then secondly, Democrats have attacked Republicans in the past already on the Republican study committee budget. And the Republican study committee is going to release their budget. So there's already going to be a budget out there for the Democrats to use in the campaign cycle and that they will use, like, I mean, they've, they used the one when they were in the minority, the Republican study committee is releasing their upcoming budget at the week of April 17th when they get back from recess. We should just explain that the Republican study committee, which is an awkward name, I think, is, is makes up the largest block of House conservatives. Um, and they're, so they're a major force within the Republican conference in the House. Right. I mean, and it is, it's literally like roughly 170 members. That's, a significant chunk of the conference. So in large part, what comes out of the there reflects large views of House Republicans. And it is totally fair for Democrats to attack them on it because that represents most of the conference. And they will. So I mean, to, to have the committee not release one doesn't mean there won't be something for them to attack. The, the White House is going to use what they have available. They've already been using a literal one-page proposal from the Freedom Caucus, and they went to town on that for a week. So like, yeah. there's always going to be something for Democrats <laughs> to attack. So I mean, a re Republicans, if they really want to do a budget, I don't think that that would shy them away, that alone anyways. 
Well, you, you know, the thing is, though, a different story, though, if you if you look, though, at individual house races, for example. So, um, you know, Republicans, you know, running in California, New York, other you know places, moderate districts, um, you know, they can say, you know, I don't support the RSC budget. Right. In their election race. And by the same token, somebody like Joe Manchin, uh, when he runs for reelection, uh, if he if he runs for reelection. Um, he can say, well, no, I don't support everything in the Biden budget. So, um, so you know, in, individual senators and representatives can distance themselves from the Biden budget or from the RSC budget. You know, clearly Democrats can use it as a cudgel to sort of attack Republicans in general. Um, but when it comes down to the, the individual race, um, there's, um, there's, some co- there's more cover. Right. So that's to the point of like not bringing a budget to the floor, because if you bring it to the floor, that's when everyone has to go on record. So but to your point of like, would they release it and mark it up in committee? I mean, I don't see the harm in that unless there's a committee member that is hesitant to vote for it for political reasons. Well, Jody Arrington did say that a budget is forthcoming was his his words. So I have to assume at some point we're going to see a budget unveiled by the budget committee Republicans, whether they actually mark it up, I guess, is is yet to be determined. I can't be guaranteed anyway, but um, I think we are going to see a budget produced. It, he did make clear that it's going to be, he doesn't, he doesn't want to make that happen before debt limit talks resume. He wants he wants the focus, as McCarthy does, on debt limit negotiations, suggesting the budget can wait till sometime later, which also makes me think maybe we don't see this budget till May or June, right? I mean, <laughs> if then, I mean, it, it, they, their timeline keeps getting squishier and squishier. You know, they began the year promising they were going to do their budget by, by the deadline, you know, and those days are long gone. Um, so we see how, how difficult these negotiations are getting. So I'm wondering, guys, what's the next step here? You know, they're, they're going to be in recess for two weeks. They'll be talking to constituents back home. Uh, all the focus is going to be on Donald Trump and his indictment. So there's there might be time to do back channel phone calls. Um, is there a way out of this? Do they do they do any private debt limit negotiations, do you think? Or, or budget talks? What should we be looking for? We know that the Republican Study Committee is going to come out with its budget plan as soon as they get back from recess, that's going to spur more, more budget talk. So what happens here in the near term? Well, I certainly don't expect any private talks to happen with Democrats over the recess. I, I think Democrats are still pretty firm and not negotiating. I don't see them changing that. They're tuned on that anytime soon, certainly not before the House either produces a budget or a debt limit plan. So I do think the next step is, as McCarthy said, the House might have to put a bill on the floor to show what they're for. And I don't know how quickly that happens. But like I said, I don't expect it to happen before May. Um, So I think we have some more rhetoric happening in the next few weeks, but not a lot beyond that. Paul, is that how you see it? Yeah, I I think it's going to be a debt limit and appropriations kind of a year. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, there's no indication that, um, you know, that President Biden is going to, you know, back off from his insistence 
that there are no no negotiations over the debt limit. And I mean, I, you know, he also knows that he can wait out McCarthy and House Republicans. I mean, he can he can run out the clock. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, we're probably going to have like a really pitched battle over the debt limit. And it's probably going to, you know, go down to the 11th hour, as they say. And it'll probably be, you know, ultimately resolved by the Senate because it's got to pass the Senate anyway. Um, and so, you know, maybe, you know, maybe House Republicans achieve, you know, some conditions um, attached at the last minute. But I, I mean, there is, you know, from a political standpoint, there is no reason for, you know, the White House to all of a sudden say, OK, we've, you know, we've changed our mind. We're going to negotiate with you over the debt limit. Remember, back in 2011, President Obama, when they negotiated the discretionary caps, uh, as part of the debt limit increase. Um, I mean, Obama was willing to negotiate at that time. He was negotiating. Democrats were negotiating. There was a willingness to negotiate um, various policies in connection with the debt limit. Um, there, there's zero willingness among Democrats to do that now. Yeah, and th- thus we have this this major standoff uh, with with neither side willing to budge right now. Which I guess is why McCarthy is now thinking about bringing his own bill to the floor, even though he knows it's not going to really go anywhere beyond a statement from the House as to what they favor. But I, it seems like that might be his only leverage to to push these talks further, right? I mean, if if he can't get Biden to sit down right now, and we don't even we still don't really know exactly what the deadline is for a debt limit. I mean, the, the, the projections have been sometime between as early as June and as late as September, the debt limit is going to have to be increased in order for all the bills to be paid. Even that is a big range, right? June to September is, a, <laughs> is quite a range that people have been unable to narrow down. So it's not even clear how much time they have left to make this happen. Right. Well, no more um, in like April, May, um, you know, tax filing. Um, there will be new, you know, projections coming out then. But, you know, that's that's getting close, obviously, to June um, and even July. Yeah, it, it does look like it's going to go down to the wire. But that's all the time we have for today. Uh, we will certainly be covering this closely every week as these talks heat up or simmer down or whatever happens, but that's going to do it for today. Thanks again to Paul Krozak for joining me. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, thank you, David. And to Lindsay McPherson. Thank you, Lindsay. Thanks, David. And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. We'll see you next time.